Welcome back to Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Roy Smalley is on location in Texas for the big weekend series against the Rangers. Lavelle is somewhere in the Minneapolis area. This is Jim Suhan. Roy, of course, former twin star, current twins broadcaster. Lavelle and I both work for the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer here at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, and Caldera Lab, calderalab.com. Use the promo code CHIN to get 20% off their products. I'll tell you more about them later. I'm using their products, and I do love them. Personal note, my band's playing Wednesday at the Bloomington VFW, 6 p.m. or so till about 9 p.m. or so. Stop by if you want to uh, check out some music. Uh, always love supporting the VFWs, and we appreciate them having us. Right, we didn't have you on last week. I want to catch up on some real, what I find to be some really hit, interesting hitter conversations. You and I have had them, I've had them, other people around the team. We will also get into Duran and what the debacle on Wednesday and the bullpen and all kinds of other stuff. But I want to start here using your expertise I find it absolutely fascinating. Kepler, Walner, and Gallo, three left-handed hitting, power-hitting outfielders, seemingly, and from, from my amateurish view, have completely different approaches and completely different results. You've talked about you know, Kepler, the fact that he, he's really turned it around since he stopped stepping toward home plate, started stepping a little more toward the pitcher. Now he's not cutting himself off. The results have been tremendous. Walner seems to do what Kepler couldn't do, which is step toward the plate, and yet he still hits the ball 110 miles an hour. And Gallo, uh, with kind of the same stance as as, as uh, Kepler in some ways, can't seem to make contact. I'm just fascinated by these three guys. They're all excellent athletes. They can all hit the ball a long way. Uh, what are you seeing from these three? And, and will Walner's approach allow him to continue to have success or are pitchers going to be able to pick on him because he kind of dives out over the plate? So I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about Kepler and, and how he, his whole approach into a pitch is different and a lot better in, in my humble opinion, just what you, you know, what you said and what we've talked about. He used to start open, uh, step toward the plate, as he's seeing the ball, and I, I really think he, he, he got locked up. He black, it black, kept him from swinging. He's got he's a great hand action and, he, and uh, a great swing path. Uh, and he sees the I think he sees the ball pretty well. And I just I just felt like it was he, his body was getting in his way. And and now he's not doing that for whatever reason. And I talked with Rudy Hernandez about it. And he said that they had, you know, talked to uh, Max about just getting more aggressive, not thinking too much about what pitcher would I get on the fastball speed, and uh, just adjust everything in the strike zone. I mean, if it's if if it's a good pitch, you know, be ready to be ready to kill it. And and I, I'm sure that has been a you know a big part of it uh, of his resurgence. But I also think his approach at the plate, where he he uh, is doing. Uh, two things that he didn't do before. As he as he starts, uh, he he rocks back. His head moves back just a little bit, 
uh, which I which I really like. It gets him you know back behind his body, behind the ball, and then he's got a really nice casual stride, uh, you know, parallel to the to the lines of the batter's box, parallel to the line of flight of the ball, uh, rather than stepping in at the plate. And he's gotten to fastballs so much easier uh, since uh, the second half of the season that uh, when I you know I notice he I, I, I'm looking at Kepler and say what, you know, what's he doing. And that just that just leaped out uh, at me. So don't know if they if they suggested that if that's something that he thought if it just happened. And I mean, I have no idea, but it looks great. As far as Walner goes, I believe he's got tremendous tremendous uh, ability. Obviously, I believe that he's going to have to make a similar adjustment at some point in time. And I. <clears throat> I speak from experience. I mean, I, I had a tendency to do the same thing, um, you know, when I was playing and it does cause, uh, it does cause some problems. And, um, you actually, uh, don't, ha- you, you have a harder time getting to fastballs, uh, uh, because it, it necessarily, uh, throws your, uh, your swing plane, a, a little bit more uppercut. Um, then you need to be uh, to hit uh, fast, you know, good fastballs, especially inside. It, it, it blocks you a little bit, but also you don't hit the ball as well to the opposite field. When it's funny that, uh, it, that it wouldn't seem to be the case, but my experience is what I've watched guys if they're striding in at the plate and the balls uh, away, they don't get the same uh, bat plane, swing plane. They don't get the same extension on. Um, on balls on the outside part of the plate. So I, I, I mean, maybe I, I, he won't need to do that. I suspect that, you know, maybe he will. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, they're not going to do anything to change him this year for sure, nor, nor should they probably. But the interesting thing then becomes Gallo in, with, you know, what we're talking about here because Tony Oliva had a little conversation with Gallo a few days ago and said, you know, you start open, you step toward the plate. When you do that, and this, this is Tony speaking, not, not me. This is, oh, in addition to what I just said, Tony said, you step in, you, you kind of close yourself off. Then your back shoulder has to come way around uh, to get to the, help you get to the ball. And if you step straight ahead, your shoulders stay more square in line of flight, and you can fire your backside into the, in, into the ball much more efficiently. It's much quicker. And so all of the above, I mean, I think that's exactly what I've been, you know, what I've been saying. And Tony had just a little bit different spin on it, but I think it's, I think it's the same, it's same thing. I don't, I don't know that, you know, Gallo's going to, you know, Tony's admittedly, so I'm not the hitting coach, I'm, but I just watch and I'm, I'm interested. And I just want to mention this to you. Don't know if he would ever consider doing that, especially now, but, just the fact that Tony noticed that with Gallo, the fact that Kepler's doing it differently and having more success, just it, it it makes me think I'm you know that I might be on the I might be on the right moving in the right direction on this um, uh, just because I I trust Tony's uh, knowledge about hitting immeasurably and and I just think that that's um, you know that's that's what's going on. That's good stuff. And by the way. Uh, because Tony 
has a thick accent and he can be a funny guy to talk to and he's very lighthearted. Don't don't ever uh underestimate his hitting knowledge. He was a genius hitter. He was a genius hitter and he knew what he, he and he knew what he was doing. Uh it was he didn't it wasn't uh, just because he was naturally gifted, which he was. Naturally a, a genius with a bat in his hand, which he was. But he thought about it a lot. He changed our batting stances to, depending on the pitcher. He moved up in the box. He moved back in the box. He closed his stance. He opened his stance. He, he had a really good idea. Uh, has always had a, a a wealth of knowledge and a great grasp of hitting mechanics. And and you're right. I, he he's always gotten a bad, just a generally not a bad rap so much as it is just not thought of at the with the uh with the reverence that that he should he should be thought of in terms of knowing about hitting yes no doubt about it um so let's get to what happened on wednesday at target field uh, i don't spend a lot of time second guessing rocco uh, or the twins on like these little day-to-day moves you know, eventually all pitchers are going to have to pitch and they're all going to have to pitch well and pretending that the sequencing of pitchers is going to, you know, alter the course of the season, I always think is kind of an overreaction. I will say I disagreed with Rocco's uh, moves and and I didn't like the way Duran pitched uh, on Wednesday in a key game against Cleveland. Uh, number one, uh, Duran spikes a, cur- a, a breaking pitch about four feet away from his target behind a hitter uh, after playing a comebacker that could have ended the game with a double play. Uh, I just, it, that bugs me that the guy who throws 101 to 104 miles an hour didn't look like he was confident enough to throw stuff over the plate in a key situation. Also, uh, Rocco pulls Emilio Pagan in the 10th and brings in Thunderburk, uh, the first big pressure situation of his life in the big leagues in his first weekend in the big leagues to face Cole Calhoun, who crushes left-handers. I didn't like that either. What did you make of that whole scenario that led to that loss? Yeah. I mean, starting with, uh, Duran, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, um, in, in terms of pitch selection now, obviously, you know, you can second guess, um, if he throws a nasty breaking ball, which he can throw on occasion, um, you know, he gets, uh, he, he, he probably strikes out, uh, Naylor, uh, but, um, he, Naylor had hit home runs on a couple of, a uh, couple of fastballs, uh, up until that point in the series. And, you know, that I, I just, so, I mean, I understand, you know, let's trick him on this one. Duran's fastball is not as, uh, dominating as a lot of hundred mile an hour fastballs simply because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the carry, you know, he, the spin rate and carry is not the, not the same for him as it, as it, as it is uh, for say somebody like our oldest Chapman who not only throws a hundred, but he's got, he's got great life, great late life carry on his, on his fastball. So I, and I, and this is also a breaking ball lead now. I mean, in terms of, the stats that they are just convinced say that fastballs get hit more than, than breaking balls. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I get all that. 
but he hadn't pitched in three or four days and hadn't thrown a hadn't thrown a breaking ball yet. And in that you know situation there, two and two with a game on the line, just all of a sudden to come up with breaking ball. I mean, he's had problems with the strike zone this year and had not that he's locked people, but you know, we've seen several spiked breaking balls, uh, several, and you know, some low fastballs that get to the screen and, you know, kind of blow up innings. And I just felt like, you know, coming up with a, uh, what was ostensibly a, a trick pitch there. I mean, I, 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 I am personally in agreement with you that you, you just throw a fastball there and because it's 102 and you hope for the best. Um, and then after that whole debacle um, played out, you know, it turns out that um, he throws a fat high fastball and strikes him out after after the run had already scored. So, you know, I I won't I don't like to second guess anything. Uh, it's it's always easy. I just didn't. I I will just go on record and I have already been a record as saying I, let's just not make up a pitch here. Um, you know, in a in a situation like that, when you've got other other good stuff as as options, so that's that's that. As far as bringing Thunderbird in, I, that was that was interesting uh, to me. It was a real gamble for Rocco. I was you know obviously doing the game in the booth uh, when it happened, and I said at the time because I had said the, after Thunderbird's uh, you know first appearance where he pitched, you know, six up, six down. Um, I really think his stuff is intriguing as a left-hander for, you know, based on that for the twins bullpen, because he's got this really uh, strong cutter and looks like he throws strikes with the fastball off of that and with a nice uh, big slider. So uh, based on, you know, the two innings, his first two innings that, that was in a mop up kind of no pressure situation, admittedly, what I said when he brought him in was so as not to, you know, first or second guess, I just said on the air, look, this is really uh, interesting to me because I believe this is a good matchup if he can throw the same pitches he threw the other night. What we don't know is whether he's going to be that good at, at throwing strikes in a, in a, you know, big situation. We just don't, we just don't know. So it could go either way. If he's throwing strikes with that stuff he had the other night, then I think he gets him out. Well, it turns out that then he goes that the second part of that was came to pass, and it was you know he three three straight balls three and oh, had to come in with a fastball. Uh, Terry Francona gave Calhoun the you know the green light on three and oh, and he and he wins the game with a three run home run. So it didn't work out. Uh, the subtext of all of that. Besides, how can you do that to a young guy? And you know, in this situation and all that, the subtext of that is, uh, what does that uh, say about how his manager f- feels about Pagan? I mean, I, yep. I, you know, I, 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 I think there's a lot of things there that uh, that happened, and and um, a lot of things to think about. I agree, and uh, I and. Listen, managers sometimes have to protect themselves. They can't always just tell you exactly what they're thinking. Rocco's answer about you know why he would take out Pagan and put in front of Berkeley position was Pagan's pitched a lot lately. I didn't want to leave him out there. I, I just don't know why you would put somebody in in the 10th inning if you didn't expect them to 
pitch a full inning, even if one guy gets on base. So I, I think I think Rocco probably had a different reason for making that move, uh, and he probably just wasn't ready to tell us yet. Um, but that 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 was a little disturbing. All right, let's we're going well, go to go more big. Just to finish that, just to finish yeah. that up, let me let me just say this about managers and what the and and I'm not putting Rocco in the category of Gene Mock. I, I yet I you know, I'm not. Um, but you know, it, managers can it, managers think about things in uh, in different ways. And there was a in the 1982 playoff series, Angels uh, versus uh, the Brewers. Uh, I went to that series uh, watching uh, Mock's team pitch uh, play against the Brewers, and he had two um, he had two really good uh, relievers. He had uh, Andy Hassler as a left-hander. And uh, there was a right-hander, and uh, now I'm going to blank on his name. It doesn't matter. Both of them had been pretty good. Uh, the right-hander especially had been, had been a, um, a really good pitcher late in the game. This was, I think it's a tie ball game where they had a, they had a uh, one nothing lead or you know, one-run lead, something like that. And um, the base is loaded and Cecil Cooper coming up, right? So it's a tough situation. You obviously bring in the left-hander, right? You bring in Andy Hassler to pitch to the left-hander. And Mock brought in the right-hander. And, uh, and you know, of course, Cooper gets a base hit, and they, they break the game open, and, and Mock's on the spot. And they, they ask him after the game, um, you know, why, why bring in a right-hander? That doesn't make any sense. It's not by the book at all. And Mock's answer was classic Mock. He said, look, uh, and we had the bases loaded. Andy Hassler's, you know, best stuff. We needed a ground ball, uh, and Andy Hassler's best stuff is below the strike zone. Uh, if he's in the strike zone, the ball doesn't sink. It's Cecil Cooper. He can hit right-handers and left-handers. And Hassler didn't have the any wiggle room at all, so uh, he was going to have to throw strikes. And I felt like. Uh, our right-hander had this had this power sinker in in the strike zone, and I just felt like he had a he went you know neither one of them was going to strike Cooper out. We needed a ground ball. I went with the guy that could get a uh, get a ground ball in the strike zone with the bases loaded, rather than the guy could only get a ground ball below the strike zone. Well, I mean it's kind of a, I, I bring that up for a couple of reasons. But one just a is just another one of the little stories about you know, about the way Mock's brain worked and, and how much he paid attention to all kinds of little details about his, his players, and, and which always, always amazed me. And the second thing is that managers ultimately have to do what they think is going to win the ballgame. I mean, they, it, it, what everybody's got to think about all the time is the manager is trying to win the game. He's trying to say, okay, how, what's my best chance of winning this game? And so sometimes they, they go with something they think, you know what? I don't think this guy can do it. I'm going to go with the other guy, even though it doesn't seem to make sense to everybody. And, and that's their prerogative. That's what they do. Let's get Lavelle's thoughts on this suddenly interesting race. Do want to thank our many sponsors who make the show and the network possible. Appreciate Grain Belt sponsoring our series of live shows downtown Minneapolis. Our last show was at Licks. I loved Licks. They're great to my band. They've been great to my podcast network. Thanks to everybody who stopped by there the other week. We'll give you our update coming a live show schedule here once we settle it. Uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thank you to Aquarius Home Services. 
Scott for Aquarius Home Services. Between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news! Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Also, want to let you know about uh, Caldera Lab. Gentlemen, we all know first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. I'm using Caldera Lab. I, I put their products right by my toothbrush. I brush my teeth. I, I use the Caldera Lab products. It takes about the same amount of time as brushing my teeth. It's just as important. And it has done wonders for my skin. Uh, clinical studies have shown that 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. I'm seeing those improvements myself. And again, it's so easy. If you use a promo code CHIN, you'll get 20% off Caldera Lab products. Go to calderalab.com. CHIN is the promo code to get 20% off. I highly recommend it. Uh, it just calms down your skin. It, for me, it reduces redness. It reduces breakouts. It makes it because I have something healthy on my skin. I, you know, I, I'm, I do that writer thing where I touch my face or scratch up my face when I'm thinking or when I'm on deadline. I don't do that anymore because the, the Caldera Lab stuff is on my face. It it doesn't look like makeup or anything. It just sinks into your skin. It just makes your skin look better. Highly recommend it. CalderaLab.com promo code Chin. Also want to let you know that uh, all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation to everything in between. More about going solar can be found at allenergysolar.com or more specifically, allenergysolar.com slash coach. And one more time, thanks to Blix, thanks to Grain Belt. We had a blast the other night. Lavelle, uh, Cleveland is picking up players off waivers a day after winning two out of three Target Field. Uh, ESPN still has the Twins as a 94% chance uh, to win the division, go to the playoffs. What's your level of concern about the Twins at this moment? Not a lot. I Here's my thing on all this is that it, it's the what's beautiful and what's aggravating about the baseball season is that you have 162 games, but within those 162 games, there are just crazy moment, moments that can totally change what you're thinking about your squad. The twins were one strike away from being ahead seven games in the division. One more strike from John Duran. They win. They're up by seven and everybody's breathing, breathing even easier. Things absolutely go haywire. The guardians come back and win. And now it's a five. And now people are panicking. Now um, the people that the guardians picked up, all right. Giolito's been terrible yep. uh, in recent outings. Um, he is not the guy who used to dominate the Twins uh, a few years ago. Uh, I think it helps the Twins if they're going to have the guts to start Giolito against them. Uh, Reynoso has a good arm, does not know where the ball is going. He is, I don't know how he's been doing it this year, but he's averaging 5.5 walks per nine innings. Um, the fact he has such a nice ERA baffles me. That's telling me that the baseball gods are going to strike him down eventually. And uh, he's going to come back to earth. Now, the one guy who's been effective has been more the lefty. Um, 
And you know, he could he could pose some problems for a Twins team that has a lot of talented left-handed hitters. Um, but overall, uh, this is not a this is not a cause to be alarmed yet. I I communicated with a a, sor- a source in Cle- Cleveland, and he pointed out just because we traded Adam Savali didn't mean that we're throwing in the white throwing up the white flag. Um, we it saves money in the long run, and we're all about saving money. Uh, but you know we get a chance to look at three guys who can help us next year and also help us this year. But we never had the intention of of packing it in uh, when we traded Aaron Savali. So uh, he thinks that false narrative got pushed out there a little too hard about the Guardians, and that's fine. But um, they bought they pretty much added the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh players on their roster. You can't get too worried about that, except in specialty situation with, with more. But the other two guys. I say let them pitch against the Twins and see what happens. Let's uh, get to one more topic here today. Uh, the Twins have Buxton and Kirilov playing at St. Paul. Castro doesn't appear to be too far away. If those three gentlemen are healthy, I see 15 players for 14 spots in September, and that's without Gallo or Luplo. Uh, I think we can see uh, <laughs> some I, – I think Gallo might be uh, on a short leash here. Uh, what do you think of a team that has this current lineup with these young hitters surging, adding back in Buxton, playing some center field, bringing back Castro, and getting Kirilov healthy? Let's start with Roy. Uh, yeah, I like I like all three of those things. <laughs> you know, it's um, I, I'd love to see Buck in center field uh, frees up uh, Eddie Julian to uh, uh, to DH. Uh, and and get Polanco and Royce Lewis in the, in defensively in the lineup uh, as well as obviously their their uh, offense um, as good as Michael A. Taylor has has been in center field and actually at the plate um, I, I just think you know Buck in center field you know makes a difference I think I like Willie Castro an awful lot for what uh, what he can what he brings in terms of of base stealing running the bases he's gotten some big hits. And uh, Kirilov playing first base, I think, is, is important. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about you know about Joey Gallo. It, it appears that they're going a, a different direction. Uh, anyway, uh, I think I think that probably Luplo and and Gallo are uh, are pretty vulnerable at this point. Lavelle, you know, um, I'm all for those moves. Definitely, I, I agree with Roy. You got, you know, this is the time to make tough decisions. And I think, you know, Joey Gallo, I mean, it, this is a, almost a meritocracy as we had late in the season here. And Joey Gallo's played himself into this into this position where, you know, he could end up being the guy to go in order to make room for someone else. I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins, just out of respect, come up with some injury to put him on the injury list for. Hey, so he can just kind of hang around for the last month of the season after uh, being with them for so long. Um, they're going to have to have some harder decisions to make uh, as they fill out the, the roster to make a run for this thing at the, end, at the end of the season. And you guys also know, too, is that it's amazing how when it's time to make these decisions, these decisions are made for them by someone else getting banged up. Uh, I know Twins, fan, Twins fans don't want to hear that, but it's just the reality. It seems like uh, when, it's, when you're looking down the road of making a move that may lead to someone being jettisoned, Something else opens up that makes the move rather perfunctory. So, um, I, I, I am uh, 
I if boxing can come back and 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 be productive at the plate, I think that's a huge development because uh, you know the Twins have struggled against lefties, and now if you can throw out a lineup that has both Royce Lewis and Byron Buxton in it being effective against left-handed pitchers, that's a huge swing in the Twins' favor going down the stretch. Because you know if I'm an opponent, I'm I'm calling in I'm calling up lefties. I'm finding lefty pitchers to go at these guys, and those two would be equalizers against lefties. So. Um, Let's hope that Buck can come back and play in the outfield uh, a few times a week at least and uh, and see if uh, he can get going that way. Good stuff, gentlemen. I appreciate it, Roy. Enjoy your weekend in Texas. We'll catch up next week. Whatever happens, it's going to be an interesting month and I believe an interesting October. Uh, thanks to Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, our producer, Brandon Morton, and thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Remember, subscribe to your favorite podcast app to any of the shows you like. And we'll talk to you next week.